Simmons, founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen, the podcast about all things food. This week, I'm joined by Stephanie Kingston, founder of Pollen and Grace. Pollen and Grace is famously known for their delicious and nutritious salad boxes, with the aim of making the on-the-go solution both delicious and exciting. In this episode, I get to share my personal experience of Pollen and Grace, which was when I was 19. And I'm pretty sure if I told 19-year-old me that in five years I would have Stephanie on the podcast, I wouldn't believe it. In this episode, we discuss topics such as the healthy food market, what even is nourishing and nutritious food, and do we eat enough of it, plant-based, and the three-pound meal deal, which we established is a very British thing. Stephanie Kingston started Pollen and Grace from her kitchen in 2015 when she decided to leave her corporate job after noticing that there was nothing on the market for a healthy and nutritious lunch. I'm so excited to hear her personal journey with food as well as that of Pollen and Grace. So I'm here with Steph from Pollen and Grace and I'm really excited about this. So before we start, can I please ask you to give us a 30 second elevator pitch about who you are and what you do? Cool. Yeah. Hi. Um, thanks for having me, firstly. Uh, I am Steph. I'm one of the founders of Pollen and Grace. Uh, I set up Pollen and Grace in my kitchen back in 2015. Um, small, humble beginnings, but a big dream to change the way the world eats for the better and make healthy, delicious food exciting and accessible for everyone. So we are almost eight years in now on that journey. Amazing. I think it's a huge ambition, but you guys have definitely, definitely done this and I can't wait to talk more about it. Before we get any further though, we've got a tradition on the podcast to have some quick fire questions all about food. Oh, okay, let's do it. So, sweet or savoury? Savoury. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Salad, always. Crisps or popcorn? Crisps. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. I know know it's not technically vegan, but it's got to be ice cream. Vegan ice cream is so good now. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Cook in or eat out? Mostly cook in. Mm, I kind of agree, mm. actually. And what's your favorite delivery? Honestly, this probably uh, explains me to a T. I almost, I don't even have the delivery app. Wow. See, you know what? <laughs> a common theme here has been a lot of people in food yeah. say, I don't do delivery. Well, I just, I, I could make it better. So. So true. Yeah. So true. Like, in for time. me, it would probably be something that I wouldn't cook. Maybe, yeah, I do make a poke bowl, so mm. that's not, the, yeah. That's the thing, I'm like, by the time you wait for it, it's going to arrive, it's going to be expensive, and it's not going to be as good, so you may as well just spend the time in the kitchen and make it exactly the way you like it, and it's probably going to be far healthier as well. Yeah, completely agree. Okay, that's so interesting, that's definitely been a common theme. Mm. So, okay, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely not you. So, I want to start by sharing my first experience of Pollen and Grace, because It's actually really crazy that we're sat here today because in 2017, I, so that was two years after you started. Yeah, that was back in the early days still. Yeah. So I had work experience downstairs at the marketing department of Battersea Power Station. Nothing was open. It was again, very early days for Battersea. Yeah. I was in the marketing department and I went on my lunch break 
and I was lactose intolerant, didn't really eat meat, mm. and I was probably thinking, what am I going to do for lunch? Went into the general store, which was oh. like a little yeah. haven. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Went to the like prep or ready prepared yeah. food, looked down, and I see pollen and grace box, and I'm like, oh, what is this? Pick it up, and I honestly was like, this is literally the answer to my question, and I had it every day for the two weeks and it was just the best thing ever I love hearing that thank you so much I still get so excited when anybody has heard of us let alone um followed us since the early days so thank you I really appreciate that um yeah the 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 general store I I remember that actually yeah Raj um the the owner that he he found us took a chance on us and um yeah I did a fair few sampling sessions in that store myself yeah honestly I think that there is not anymore but there was a massive gap for finding something nourishing and I mean you can get some okay maybe salads from Waitrose but you've not it's not hitting the spot it's not it's a bit meh yeah and it never really like hit the spot and honestly I tried loads of different varieties of your offering and I was like this is just literally what people need and so yeah, well done for hitting that market. I Thank think it's you. really, really great. Thank you. I, I believe every meal should be an experience. So there is, yeah, there is no excuse to, um, yeah, to have a dull meal. So That's true. Too short. So, so true. So I want to go back a bit to 2015 when you started, yep. because compared to now, the market seems very, very different. So can you kind of share like what it was like then and what it's like now yeah okay so back in 2015 very different market um i'd say healthy food had not even started like the health and wellness scene it wasn't even a niche yet when i was quitting my career and and my job that i'd spent years um building up to go and make salads in my kitchen at home uh, especially that were natural gluten-free wheat-free dairy-free um people kind of thought i was crazy um it was it was very very risky but it was also we were very lucky it was the right time to start because 2015 was just when there were a few little rumblings in the industry and when I think things really started um back then I think the the gap in the market was um was really kind of the the free from area so I discovered I had a whole load of food intolerances and I had to cut out gluten, wheat and dairy, hardcore out of my diet for, for many, many years. Um, I originally trained as a chef in Australia. So like proper, like fine dining foodie kind of background. So that was a real challenge for me because of like bread and butter before that was my life. <laughs> um, and I quite quickly realized there was, there was nothing available. Like if you went into the supermarkets, everything was filled with chemicals and preservatives and, you know, it was probably healthier to eat the, you know, the real version. Um, and also, you know, even if you went into one of the, the, you know, the food to go places like Pratt, for example, you'd find something that was gluten-free, but not dairy-free and vice versa. And there was just no one out there with, that was catering for those kind of, uh, kind of needs or, or, or trends and, kind of as I said before I believe that every meal should be an experience so it kind of broke my heart every time kind of going in and having to always end up with the most unexciting dull option um, or something that really wasn't going to satisfy me um, at at all so I basically ended up retraining myself uh, retraining myself on on how to cook with all these kind of crazy new ingredients at the time and bringing that food into the office and I thought it was just me at the time that had these weird 
crazy requirements. But as I started to bring this food into the office, my colleagues, um, one of which who was now my co-founder, um, started to take an interest. And I kind of realized that actually maybe the the need for, for healthy food kind of branched a, a little bit outside of those specific niches. And maybe you could actually bring just delicious, healthy food to the, the masses that just happens to tick all those boxes. So that's what we did in 2015. Um, obviously, things have changed quite a lot since then. Um, over that journey, we became fully plant-based. Um, again, that was probably ahead of the, the curve. Um, I remember it being kind of probably like 2016, 2017, and people saying, like, what are you doing? This is such a small niche. You're never going to be able to go pl- grow past your plant organics and your whole foods this product is never going to be in tesco obviously fast forward uh to to now we've been working with tesco for a couple of years um, and it is very much mainstream um but yeah it was a i'd say you know what people say was a a blue ocean it was back in 2015 now it's uh, definitely a more crowded marketplace but it's a more established marketplace as well um, the trends have slightly evolved, um, and it's been interesting as well watching the the evolution of plant based. Um, you know, like it, there was a a really big boom of you know plant based meat alternatives, which are filled with chemicals and preservatives. Whereas when you look at kind of what consumers are really looking at now, natural is slowly creeping up the the priority list as well. Definitely, I think it's really exciting to see. I mean. I'm personally always trying to like find out what that next product's going to be because I'm like, they need to do something with cauliflower. There's not a little cauliflower bomb or cauliflower. Yeah. There's like a few new products that are definitely going to come out and I'm like, oh, what could it be? Um, but going back to what you were just saying, I've got a few things that I want to mention about that. So firstly, yeah. when you're like there, you quit your job, you're there in your kitchen. How did you stay motivated? Like, did you have moments where you were like, what am I doing? And is this ever going to work? Oh my goodness, yes. It was literally the most terrifying thing I have ever done in my life. Uh, There were definitely sleepless nights. Um, Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to like get this off the ground? This is so huge. Um, So I would just say um, probably the thing that that helped me get through um, or helped us get through is just failing was not an option it was not an option I'd gone all in committed to it we were going to make it work it was it was a mission like we it obviously still uh, takes up uh, most of my life but kind of in those early days it was 24 7 obsession um yeah you can you can speak to some of my friends they definitely didn't see me for a few years yeah I think there is a sacrifice and sometimes mm. you definitely feel bad and you feel guilty for that but you can't help it and I guess passion I guess would help like motivate you in terms of like when you're having those days where you're really struggling I think for me sometimes I'm just like well I don't want to do anything else so let's just keep going yeah uh, that that definitely resonates I could never I don't think I could ever work for anyone else again so uh yeah and I've been asked a few times like if you weren't doing this what else would you do I'm like this is you know this this is it this is the dream yeah um but yeah no it's uh it's amazing what passion can do to to motivate you doesn't matter you not earning any money doesn't matter if you're up at 4 a.m to get in the kitchen off the back of a another late night and you're working nights and weekends and mornings and uh yeah yeah it will uh yeah the, the magic will keep you going for definitely sure. and my other thing is you mentioned that you kind of switched into plant-based or kind of like evolutionized yeah. into plant-based is that because that's what you did or is that because that's where you saw the business or what was that kind of transition like 
So, to be fair, it was it was quite a natural transition for us. So we originally started out as a lunch delivery company, um, which is like the the very very early days of of 2015. So me in my kitchen at home, making a handful of meals, cycling them around on a bike. We then moved into, I guess, kind of retail um, and kind of Pollen and Graces we're now known. So with kind of a, a ready to eat salad on a shelf of a shop and our first stockist or our first big stockist was plant organic. Um, when we started with them, our range was mostly plant based and we had, a, I think we had like one or two products that weren't. So we were always majority plant based, um, but we were kind of catering for probably actually the trends at the time um you know organic meat and fish was probably still kind of high up on the agenda and it almost would have been madness to have a purely vegan brand on on the shelves back then um but it was in 20 i think it was 2017 when we to be honest there's just so much you can do with vegetables like uh it's almost endless the possibilities and the nutrition that you can deliver through vegetables as well and using legumes and pulses. Um, we just didn't feel like we needed it in the range and it was something we were quite excited to commit to. So uh, yeah, that we, we we made the jump for a multitude of reasons. Um, I am not 100% plant-based myself, but I probably eat that way 80-90% of the time. It's uh, mostly reserved uh, that for, for traveling, you know, because food should be enjoyed. That's so true. And you obviously got a background in Australia or you're from Australia. Yes, I grew up in Australia, moved here, oh my goodness, about 13 years ago now. Yeah. Wow. So do you think that there is an Australian influence in Pollen and Grace? Because I feel like we adopt a lot of Australia's trends. Mm. I mean, definitely a couple of years later, but I know like the independent coffee was massive in Australia. It's now big here avocado toast I feel like that was Australian and now we've got it (laughs) so do you feel like because again I think Pollen and Grace was so ahead of its time when it launched in 2015 like do you think that the Australian influence kind of got you maybe to that position uh definitely um I know I'm slightly I may be slightly biased but I think Australia has one of the best food scenes in the world Um, and I put it down to the fact that they're so far away so the way that people approach food in Australia dining out and food experiences is just so much more a way of life than it say is is here in London where you have a little bit more going on and you can jump on the plane and you know you're in Italy Um, it's also such a multicultural country as well so you have so many different influences and you end up with this really unique merge of kind of cuisines and flavors um and you have a whole kind of country who is, is is really excited about it so definitely that has shaped how I create food um, and that's probably naturally fed into Poland as well mm. and your relationship with your co-founder like are you both hugely into food? I mean I guess you are now obviously hugely into food but were you more the kind of foodie flair and then she was more the operations or how has it kind of worked in terms of your balance yes so um my co-founder Christina and I we used to work together in events before Poland um and we were the dream team and um I left to start Holland and she took a sabbatical and went to Bali which was a really smart idea kind of jealous I didn't do that <laughs> um once she got back uh, after about six months um I was I was struggling to do it all on my own I, you know I was cooking everything in the kitchen I was trying to yeah build a business sales marketing all of that on the side and I I, I really really um 
I really miss working with her. And I was speaking to my partner, now husband, um, about that. And he was like, well, why don't you call her up and ask her to get involved? I'm like, why would you want to come and get involved in a highly risky food startup where she's going to get paid like nothing? Um, But credit to her, I called her up and she was like, oh, I'll be there in two weeks. Um, And yeah, so since then, I'd say I look after more of the products, brand and marketing side of things. She looks after kind of operations and logistics um, and is far better at that than me. I literally handed her a notebook which had a tally system in it when she started. <laughs> so yeah, that, that side of the business is definitely credit to her. Um, and we used to run sales um, in the early days together, um, actually really up until about two years ago. And kind of now we have a team that looks after that side of things. Perfect. That really does sound like the dream team. And her experience in Bali and like what she could have got from that as well, I'm sure definitely added a bit of a flair to Pollen and Grace because there's a massive food scene out there. Well, there is now. Yeah, I don't know about the food scene back then, but it definitely gave her like a, a good rest before um, the whirlwind that has then been the last seven years. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely think, helped. Yeah, I think it definitely, you do need that bit of help. On the, like You need, I think, I mean, I haven't got a co-founder. Is this something that I'm thinking about? I think sometimes they find you as well as you find them. And it doesn't always have to be at the start either. No. So I think it's not something that I've written off, but it's not, yeah, not something that I'm actively looking for. But I think definitely it helps to kind of bounce off each other and like have someone who's good at the things you're not so good at. Also, it is genuinely the hardest thing in the world. Having a co-founder, it's like a marriage. Marriage is very easy in comparison to running a high growth chilled food startup for example yeah. so um you definitely need to know that you're working with the right person that has the right values um we've had a very positive experience but you know it, it can go both ways so it's definitely something to consider very carefully no definitely so i now want to touch on lunch nine to five lunch in an office yes. because this is a really smart market to go into because i do think that okay i don't work in an office nine to five but i did and i know from speaking to my friends and stuff that trying to get something obviously is a challenge Mm -hmm. and I want to touch on specifically even then the three pound meal deal yes so people might grab that as it's easy on the go and they might think that's a perfect balance drink wrap or sandwich and a bag of crisps and I also want to talk about the nourishment in that like is that nourishing um yeah I it's Meal deals are an interesting one. It's not something I grew up with in Australia. I think it's a very British thing mm. to have your meal deal with your sandwich, your fizzy drink, and your bag of crisps. Um, so let's just break that down. Um, if you look at the drinks available, maybe aside from the water um, in meal deal, uh, I wouldn't classify anything in that drinks fridge as, as healthy. For, for me, um, a healthy drink is water, or a kind of a fresh juice, which is mostly vegetable-based. Um, I'm not averse to unhealthy drinks, but I prefer to save them more for, you know, that glass of wine in the evening. Um, so no, I don't think that the drinks uh, in a meal are healthy. I don't think that the snacks are healthy in a meal I don't think anybody needs a snack like that added to their uh, daily diet. Something like that should be consumed on occasion. Um, and very much the actual meal that you'll get in the meal deal uh, is traditionally not very nutrient dense it's predominantly carbohydrate based and it's only a white refined carbohydrate based um, Mm. option so yeah yeah short answer not so much no No. so 
What is nourishment? To me, it is eating the best quality, natural, fresh ingredients that you can get your hands on that are predominantly fruits and vegetables. Um, I think the most, yeah, natural and unprocessed to me is where you're going to get nourishment from and, and kind of what I look for. No, definitely. And I saw a statistic on your website that only 28% of people eat the recommended amount of veg each day. I know, it's outrageous. I, I, I just don't understand that. Even if you look at the, the metric that you know um, we use in the UK of your five a day, and basically what your five a day is, is, is the government kind of recommendation as to how many, fruits, how many portions of fruit and veg you should have in a day, uh, which is the absolute minimum. You know, I, five portions is absolutely tiny, and a portion, um, just for context, is 80 grams. So it's not, you know, just like, two blueberries for example and you've had you know you've had one type of fruit and veg it's, it's 80 grams um but yeah if you think about that yeah most of the uk is not eating you know but oh gosh now you're going to test my math whatever five times 80 grams of vegetables it's definitely less than 500 grams which is kind of a portion size of one salad in a day it's just crazy yeah. i think i mean we touched on this before we started recording but like we naturally would just eat it's like a natural thing for us to kind of fill our trolleys with loads of veg in the supermarket but oh, yeah. sometimes you look around and that's just not what you see I think as well like for me a big part of it is education firstly people don't know what to do with vegetables um they don't know yeah they don't know what to do they don't know how to cook them and they don't know how to make them delicious and exciting everyone's busy wants to eat a, a, a delicious meal and so the option is normally to go for the thing that you know is going to taste good and you understand, um, you know, whether it's a, it's a burger or it's a, you know, bowl of pasta or it's, you know, fried chicken or whatever it is. It does horrify me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, yeah, education is, is a big part of that. Most people just do not know how to cook well with fruits and vegetables and beans agree. and pulses. I agree. And I just think that people just don't, with the rise of like Deliveroo yeah. and stuff I mean as we mentioned earlier like people just don't really care enough they're just like oh well I know that my local Thai restaurant is does a good yeah. noodle dish I'm just gonna get that yeah. and it's like but there's there's a there's a type of laziness to it I guess but I guess that's kind of where you guys come in because you guys kind of help them get to those portions well that's exactly you know for kind of hitting that five a day uh, is is a core cool part of what we do. So we, our Mexican uh, veg box, which is our bestseller, has three portions of your five a day in it. So we're trying to encourage people to eat as as well as they can. And sometimes that's cooking, but also sometimes you're really busy and you're running here, there, and everywhere, and you want to be able to grab something that is on the go that you can you can trust. Um, and I think trust is a really, really big thing for us, um, which is why we have worked so hard to keep all of our products 100% natural. Uh, and um, we, we moved to plant-based, um, which may sound simple, but it's definitely been a challenge because as as you grow, you're always faced with options of, oh, you can make it that big cheaper if you just added this, if you just added that stabilizer, if you just added that filler. Um and it's, yeah, it, it, it's definitely not the easy road to kind of stay true to those values. But um, I guess going back to the point of nourishment as well, it's 
a big part of what you're putting into your body is making sure you get enough of that kind of fruit and veg content, but it's also what you're not putting in your body as well. Because I think having those chemicals and preservatives in your body is just, it's so bad for you. And that's the thing. That's probably why I don't, that's why I don't get delivery because you don't know what else is going in there. Exactly. Exactly. And like, if it's so tasty, then what is in there to make it that tasty? But then you can do amazing things with vegetables, like incredible things. Oh my goodness. So many options. Could talk about that for days. Yeah, <laughs> literally. It's, yeah, there's, the options are endless. But I want to touch on something else, which is, yeah. I think is really great, which you guys do. And that's going on to price. So we mentioned the three pound meal deal, which yeah. obviously for a lot of people, they might go for that because it's three pounds. Yeah. However, they might kind of link healthy and tasty to expensive yeah. but you guys have completely contradicted that and you guys have now you retail at four pounds which for three portions of delicious fruit and veg in a delicious quantity and everything that's an amazing value thank you yeah making healthy food accessible is a really important mission for us and, and price is a key part of that obviously you need to make sure that the the product is readily available um across the country but Price is normally the main driver uh, for people maybe making an unhealthy choice um, and not investing into yeah that, that healthier option. Um, and it's been something that we've consistently worked on for the last eight years. So for example, when we first started, our products were £8.50 back in 2015. It was a very niche premium audience. Uh, and we've consistently, as we've made those economies of scales we've grown we've reinvested that into bringing the price down so that we can basically reach a wider portion of the kind of the the uk market and um make sure that we're not that once a month payday treat um but it's you know we offer an option that people can integrate into their their daily lives sure it's not you know your three pound meal deal but um it's definitely gonna make you feel much better than your three pound meal deal and it's not a lot not a lot more no definitely like i was speaking to some friends um a couple of weeks ago and we were in the city we were on the go we went into pret and we were kind of saying like you can't like well someone said you can't really get a good meal for under 11 pounds anymore in london and when i was kind of reading up on you guys about your prices i was like oh my god you 100% can and like I think there's with the rise of healthy food and plant-based there are more options out there but they do come with that price yeah and that's one thing that you guys really stand out about like you do have that lower price point which is amazing yeah no it was it was definitely a decision we we had to make early on because we we definitely well we originally built our brand in that kind of niche premium sector um but yeah we our, our mission was much bigger and making sure that we could catered to as many people as possible is a very important part of that definitely and how did you do it because I know that you still use all the like the top quality ingredients and you mentioned like you don't want to add any stabilizers Mm. in or anything like that so which obviously probably would make it cheaper but like how have you done it because it's so two things uh one uh economies of scale obviously when you're making 10 lunch boxes uh versus 10,000 you um yeah you, you're going to have cost savings and efficiencies on labor cost of materials etc um and then secondly we just got better at manufacturing so <laughs> um we yeah we lo- have learned a lot along the way um and we've been able to improve our efficiency and our, our product and our processes which has allowed us to reduce that price so like for example our, our meze box is 
a very similar version to um, our original Rainbow Detox box, which we launched back in 2015 when we were still cooking in my kitchen at home. Uh, difference is back then um, it also had avocado in it. Unfortunately, avocado is not going to last on the shelf uh, for more than a day, so that had to come out. But otherwise, it's more or less the same process and the same ingredients that go into it. Um, it's just that we are now not making 10 of them. We're making 10,000 and we're much more efficient at doing it. That is amazing. That really is really interesting about avocado as well. And do you, on that kind of topic, do you kind of think about seasonality and locally local vegetables and that type of thing when you're product creating um, new things? Definitely. Um, obviously, kind of because we have a retail product, um, we don't have. It's not as easy just to kind of pull things out and have completely new range refreshes. You know, you've got your classic long-standing products, um, and then you might have like one or two products that you can bring in seasonally. Um, so something that's kind of what we try to do is work with ingredients that we know that we can get in the UK for as much of the year as possible, and we try to work with, I guess your your everyday kind of staple ingredients you know like spinach like sweet potato like beetroot as opposed to choosing really obscure um but quite exciting far-flung ingredients um that you know have to be imported um and are maybe not as seasonal or sustainable um you know it's not possible to get it absolutely perfect across the supply chain but it's something we definitely consider when we're creating products yeah no definitely i mean you can only do what you can do i think especially with food like there's so much change in sustainability there's so much change in seasonality i mean being a massive brand and stocked in massive retailers and you can only do you can't do miracles no but also you might have a plan to have source your spinach from the uk um for x amount of the year and then the weather has an entirely different idea and all of a sudden you've got to have it coming from spain because it is no uk crop so um yeah there is there are the realities in there as well yeah no for sure so i now want to touch on covid because i feel like for you guys it must have been really tough because you are an on-the-go product yeah it was a very challenging time for us. So we were, it was early 2020, things were looking great. We had a really exciting year ahead. Um, we were predominantly uh, across UK cities and, and London in kind of central business districts catering for that kind of nine to five, Monday to Friday office crowd. We were perfectly placed. We had a great kind of store portfolio um, and then uh, then COVID hit. And overnight, we lost about eighty percent of our revenue, um, and it was it was it was very tough. Um, not because it necessarily wasn't necessarily the demand still; people still wanted lunch. They were working from home, um, but we weren't available in the stores near, near their homes. We were, you know, in those uh, yeah ghost town streets of uh, yeah of central London. Um, so that was it was it was very 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 tough. I'm, I'm sure many many people listening um, have. Um, have the the battle scars as well um but it you know it was what it was um we ha- we had to find a way through and um in true Poland style yeah, we, we were not we were not going to give up we were going to find a way through it um but whilst we were riding out the storm we we just 
we just decided to use the time um, to to be the best brand we possibly could be and invest back into our community. Um, so um, we we ended up partnering with um, an amazing man and, and friend, Dr. Rupi. Um, we created, um, we used the time to basically create a, a charity product um, that we um, basically kind of uh, distributed out with all proceeds going to NHS charities. Um, and we also uh, mobilized all of our, our kitchen team and our, our kitchen to produce meals for the NHS because you'll probably remember there was, well, actually, I think we were even on before that. We were, um, I think we were actually one of the first companies to do it. Um, it was my co-founder, Chris. She was like, oh my goodness, we need to do something to help. Let's, let, I've got this idea, let's do it. And then slowly, um, people started to um, kind of join the bandwagon and more infrastructure started to come in, um, which was was really helpful. But it was mostly people delivering burgers and pizza and everything like that. And nutrition is so important for immunity and health. Um, we, yeah, we, we felt we could, we, we could do our bit. Definitely. I think it's amazing. And I, I remember seeing a picture of the NHS staff, like getting their lunches out this box. And I was like, wow, because like you said, they're going through one of the toughest things they'll ever, may ever go through. And they need immune support. They need energy. Energy that's going to last them a long time. And good food and nutrition do all of that. I think what it really highlighted as well, something we've kind of known before, but how poor nutrition is in the NHS as a whole, Um, not just for patients, but also for staff too. Um, you know, these these amazing people are working crazy hours. They don't have time to meal prep. They don't have time to, to, to take a break. All they can do is run to a vending machine and grab a bar of chocolate because that's all that's available to them. So, uh, yeah, definitely um, something we, we still feel quite passionately about. Mm, and is that something that you're going to kind of look to do something about in hospitals or is that a difficult one in terms of... It's 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 a complicated process it's not a straightforward but yeah definitely it's uh it's it's still on our list so um if we if we can make it happen uh, yeah we, we we plan to yeah amazing i think it's really easy just to kind of like batten down the hatches it's covid yeah. like internalize yeah. but you guys didn't you kind of like use all your resources and did something for the better which i think is amazing it was amazing for team morale as well because obviously it was a really scary time for the team no one you know like there has never been like kind of that April, May, June of 2020, there's never been a time like it. You know, people were scared. They didn't know what was happening. But just the fact that we could all come together um, and kind of have a, a shared goal at such a challenging time um, was, it was, it was, it was special. No, definitely. And have you noticed things are kind of back to normal now post-COVID or have you noticed different changes in trends since? Starting to. Uh, this year, uh, definitely started to see the change um, really since since January this year. Um, there has been movement, you know, people have gone back to the office, but no one, well, not not no one, but most people aren't there five days a week. So this whole flexible um, work from home, work from the office lifestyle has definitely changed like the retail environment for us. Um, however, not as much as you'd think because, People might have been coming to the office five days a week, but they might not have been eating out five days a week. They might have been bringing in leftovers or, you know, or something from home on a few of the days. So what what we're now seeing is that on the days that they are coming to the office, they're still going out and buying buying their lunch. Um, And even actually people, you know, going out and actually mostly shopping meal deals from from home as well which is interesting yeah that is interesting and I guess another potential positive is 
people kind of really focused on their health and nutrition and food became a massive part of people's lockdowns yes it has really um driven the growth of kind of health and wellness to the forefront 100 mm. so it has i think propelled us years ahead of where we would have been in terms of people's um interest uh in in, in health and mm. particularly in nutrition as well yeah. which i think has led that trend towards more natural products and away from processed products um and further kind of increase the um the plant-based trend yeah definitely because i can imagine when you're like city man really got influenced by his wife over lockdown yeah. and now rather than going and getting his three pound meal deal we'll definitely be like i want something better because i felt so great and yeah. i need to continue doing that so yeah. i can really see how that may have a really positive um yeah in, indeed direction. we're very lucky to be in uh, in the right place now the the right time um it's what c- what was once seen as a trend is it's it's now a way of life it's only going to to keep growing do you ever kind of think back to that moment when you're in your in your home kitchen and having those moments where you're like how is this going to work to now where your your little niche or what wasn't even a niche is now pretty coming into mainstream it's always hard right you never I, I think I was even having this conversation with a, a couple of other kind of amazing founders in the space um this morning actually when when you're on the inside you I don't think you ever stop to fully appreciate kind of how far you've you've come or um all, all the positives because there's always the next thing and the next thing and the next thing um we always have big visions but um Yeah, I, 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 2015 me would be pretty excited definitely um, to see where we've gotten to. 2022 me still sees how far we've got to go, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, for sure. And on that topic, what is what is next for, for Pollen and Grace? So slowly chipping away, uh, making Pollen and Grace uh, the household name for, for health. Um, so give us a few more years on that one. Um, but otherwise, uh, just continuing to improve our product and our product quality, um, and hopefully a few new category launches next year. So kind of branching out of salads into other areas of the supermarket. So okay. watch this space. Hey, amazing. Well, that's really exciting. So another tradition on the podcast, yes. I mean, we could literally talk all day about food and vegetables and salads and oh, that's my favorite topic based and everything <laughs> but i know it's the evening so we better wrap it up at some point but my favorite question of yes. all time is what is your last meal oh. so starter main course and dessert it can be from anywhere that you don't have to link what would it be oh my goodness this is genuinely the most like challenging question i think i've ever been asked <laughs> i don't know how i could possibly choose um oh. So I'm I'm just gonna have to answer with the first thing that comes to mind because like I probably would need a week to like <laughs> storyboard this and make a plan. Um, recently discovered, um, I know this is controversial. It's not vegan, um, but crab claws Ooh. over in the west of Ireland. Um, one of our chefs introduced me to them, and in garlic butter, they were absolutely delicious. So maybe I'd go for that as a starter. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go for it. Um, then. For Maine, anything Asian, like this is the the Australian influence. We 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 love Asian flavors. Um, I, something with dumplings in it. Many, okay. many 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 dumplings. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then for dessert, um, we'd probably have to move over 
to uh, Italy and tiramisu. They can't beat them. Good one. Mm. Okay, those are really, really good options. They probably don't all go together, but... It's fine. <laughs> they don't have to. It's your last meal. It's your your favourites. So that is, yeah, delicious. Perfect. Hopefully I've got a little bit more time to consider that one. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm sure... 20, how would I have been 19 year old me at the general store getting my pollen and grace box probably would never imagine that 2022 we're now talking about it so yeah thank you so much it's been super great and I can't wait to see what's coming next thank you so much thank you guys so much for listening and I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did if you are on your way to the office right now or maybe you're even in the office For lunch, please head to your nearest Tesco or Sainsbury's and grab yourself a Pollen and Grace box. Thanks again and see you next week.